Hey guys, Matt Hickey from Pitland Parlay here with Will Marotti. Will, thanks for joining. How you doing? I'm doing great. I got to tell you, I'm really excited about this. As I mentioned to you earlier, I, I've been wanting to get on Pitland Parlay for a long time. I've been watching the job you and Mike have been doing and building the program, building a podcast, building your audience. So this, this is a real thrill to be with you tonight, a real honor. So thank you. We appreciate that. That's, thank you very much. Um, we're going to get to building because, you know, we're going to talk about your team, obviously, here in a second. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about building something as well with you. Where, where are you based right now? Are you in the Indianapolis area or whereabouts are you? I, I live in Connecticut, but everything we're, that we, we, we do and will be doing will be in, in Indianapolis. And, and we're hoping to be able to say Speedway in particular. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that, too, because uh, Speedway is about to be a common theme, I think, for you for the next year, if I'm not mistaken. The next couple of uh, years. And I, I love Speedway. It's like, my, it's like my second home. I'm trying to talk my wife into moving out there, but I think she wants to be closer to the water. So. Yeah, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Um, so, for those at home who don't know a whole lot about you, yeah. kind of describe your background, how you got into racing, yeah. how you got into the, a, a couple of the last Indy 500s. You know, where, yeah. where, what's your story? Sure. So, you know, I fell into motorsports. I loved, fell in love with it when I was a little kid. Uh, my dad took me to a quarter midget track in our hometown. It's the same track that Joey Logano cut his teeth on. Then uh, he took me to Lime Rock, and we saw people like Mark Donahue and Peter Revson and George Fulmer, and I didn't know who any of those were, but they were cool. And then uh, I was uh, at home. My dad was working in the yard, and I had the, the, the big honking family AM radio. We had two, two devices you could entertain at home. We had a black and white TV and the big honking AM multi-band radio. And uh, I listened to that radio a lot because it was my favorite team, the Red Sox broadcast on, on the station, the Hartford station there. And so I was turning the channel one day, and it wasn't even a weekend. It was Friday. Now, they didn't always run the 500s on Saturday, uh, Sunday, or Monday. But sometimes around Friday. So those are Fridays. Right. So I'm praying, and I, and I land on something, and I, oh, this sounds cool. It sounds like engines and cars. And I heard a guy go, stay tuned for the greatest spectacle in racing, right, which was Sid Collins, the voice of the fire. So I fell in love with it. And then in 1982, I got to go to my first Indy 500. And I got to tell you, Matt, when I – when I walked through the tunnel and I came out on the other side, the sky was never bluer. The the grass was never greener. It was the most exciting thing I'd ever witnessed in my life. And it was a great race because uh, Gordon Johncock and Rick Mears had an amazing 10-lap shootout at the end. That Johncock just won the race. So I That's was, a good I one was to see. Hit, That's know, a good one to I, see. Oh, wonderful, wonderful way to start out. So, you know, I was bit. And uh, I just a fan all these years, just a super fan and – Going to a lot of 500s, other races. I'm really an open wheel guy. I mean, I like NASCAR, but I'm an open wheel guy, and I'm an indie guy in particular. And um, and uh, I'm a pastor, and so I've been a pastor for about 25 years. My wife and I started a church 22 years ago, and God's been really good to us. The church has grown; it's done well, and, and the staff is really, really good. And I said to myself, you know, if I'm ever going to try to do anything in racing, I got to do it now while I'm still young enough, and while I've got a staff that I can count on, right? So uh, in 2015, I had this crazy idea. So, you know, I'm going to put a team together and we're going to put some money together. We're going to try to race in the 100th running of the Indy 500. And everybody said, you're crazy. It can't happen. Nobody ever goes from zero to the Indy 500 one year. I said, I know, I know, I know. And so we did. We were, we were so blessed. We hooked up with Sam Schmidt, Sam Schmidt, Rick Peterson. We were the co-entrant on the car at the 100th running, car 77. Oriel Servia was the driver. And we had a great race. Uh, we were, it was four laps to go. We were in fourth place, but we were on the same fuel problem strategy everybody else was on. And uh, we ended up missing, blowing the pit stop. We ended up finishing 12th, but what a, what an outing, you know? So 
that kind of got things going and and it's been worse ever since we came back in the in 17 with a sponsor we did four races with with sam in 17 with mikhail aloshin the mad russian who we really like a lot and mikhail was doing great indy that year we were we were in top 10 all day and then with about 50 laps to go ed carpenter came down and 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 pinched him off and and that actually put a hole in mikhail's side pod we tried to tape it up, you know, duct tape, whatever, you know, it kind of compromised the aerodynamics a little bit, having a hole in the side pod. And um, so that, and then we, we missed 18 because we had a controversial sponsor. It was a sad story. We didn't uh, really do much in 19. And then we got a great sponsor for 2020 that we brought to Bastard Sullivan and Santino Perucci. Of course, you know, COVID kind of took the wind out of our sails there. And, you know, I was fortunate to go to that race with the CEO, the CEO, myself, and 2,498 of our closest friends, but, um, but it was still, it was still a great race and um, Santino did great and, you know, it's exciting. So we kind of stepped back and said, we got to do something different. I was having a conversation with, with Brian Herta. Brian has been very um, kind to me over the years. We actually were going to try to run with Brian before we hooked up with Sam Schmidt back in 16 and sponsorship things didn't work out for either one of us. And um, Brian said, you know, he said, you guys, if you really got to get serious about this, you got to you got to get a stake in the game. You know, I mean, we've been brokers up until now. We'd, we'd find sponsors. We'd bring up the teams. We'd kind of connect with the team, which is fun. It's great. He said, but if you want to go to the next level, you're going to really have to get into ownership. So we said, you know what? We're going to we're going to try. So just had the, had the crazy ideas of what we could do. And, and we came up with this. Uh, I'm a historian. I love history. I uh, I searched back through the through the annals of Indianapolis Speedway history. I found out that there's never been a car named after Speedway, the home of the 500 mile race. And so I called some friends. I said, "What do you think?" They said, "It's a great idea." I said, "All right, let's put another twist on it. Let's uh, let's do something different." I mean, crowdfunding has been done for time and memoriam in motorsports, right? People getting hundred dollars for put your name on the car, kind of a thing. But we want to do something different. So we checked out what would be the possibility of having stock options and actually having people invest and then turning that investment into an ownership stake in a car. And then another thing never done before, allowing them to have an equal percentage of the purse, whatever the car might generate. And so we, we started that and, and that took a lot. That took us. Oh, man, that was so much more than we thought it was. But we finally got the portal open three weeks ago. Uh, $57,000 have been invested so far. I think we're going to hit our, our minimum of 100 and then our maximum of 250 which is about 10% of our, our overall budget. So, you know, it's it's starting to take shape, and we're talking to some good partners and sponsors and uh, talked to a couple drivers. In fact, uh, as we're taping this, another day I'll be going out to Indianapolis for do two days for two days of meetings, and one of those will include a driver meeting. And so, as I said, I hope I hope we're able to tie, take all these things together, put them together, tie a bow on it, and be able to announce it at PRI in December. So. All right. So that's all sounded very good. I had a couple – there's a couple things you touched on that were on my list to talk about. So let's start at number one. So you talked about yeah. Serbia, Elotion, Ferrucci, uh, mm-hmm. and you did a couple other races with Elotion as well. Looking back on the Indy 500 races that you've entered, is there one that stands out to you as your favorite so far? Well, it has to be the first one. Uh, Oriel qualified 10th in 16. Sam had three cars, had uh, all three cars in the top in the top 10 with uh, with Hinch and uh, with, um, uh, no gosh, 
Eh, I'm drawing a blank Six, now. I think 16 uh, would have been a lotion too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a lotion, of course. It was a lotion, Hinch lotion and, and Oriel uh, all in the top 10. And it was our first, it was our first experience, right? So like Sam was very, very generous. He, he actually did some stuff I didn't ask for in the contract. Like one of the things was I was out in the pits one day and my friend said, my business partner, Jim said, have you looked at the pit wall? I said, no. He said, you better go look at the pit wall. And I went out there, looked at the pit wall and this, we had not agreed to this. I'd not even asked for it. But Sam had put uh, uh, Oriole's name, one of the sponsors. He abbreviated Schmidt Peterson and put SPM, and he spelled out my name on the pit wall, my family name. I cried like a baby to see our family name across that pit wall right at almost the start-finish line. It, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. So, yeah, the 16 was just uh, – it, it was off the hook. It was just amazing and Standing on the grid that morning was uh, with my family, friends from high school. I brought a bunch of folks out. Uh, my dad, my sister was there. It was uh, it's still still pretty amazing. Yeah. So 16. And, and for the 100th, too, to have your name on the, the pit wall for the 100th. Oh, and just to get to gosh, enter that yeah. race, that's got to be incredible. Yeah, it was wonderful. So the spirit of Speedway, do you yes. think that's a, the connotation of that and just the idea behind that, do you think that's really going to resonate well with the Indianapolis crowd and, and fans of the Speedway? Well, it has with people in the Speedway. I'll tell you that. We've uh, we've had a couple of events. We had some uh, banners made, some very large 10-foot by 10-foot banners with the theme and information. And we got permission to mount them on what was the original Allison Machine Shop building, which is right on Main Street and Speedway. And I'll tell you, people, I'm getting tremendous response. And, and I think the fact that there's been $57,000 invested in the last three weeks is a good marker. But we're now going to businesses. We've got, we had hero cards made for the car. You know, drivers have hero cards. We had a hero card made for the car. We're putting those out in, in local businesses. And um, I spoke at a breakfast two weeks ago with, with about 85 uh, diehard IndyCar fans. So we're trying to do every event we possibly can, talk to everybody we possibly can. We're going to be launching a, a really robust social media attack here very shortly. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's catching on, and I think the fans of Speedway, because of what we're going to offer, you know, this is going to be a six-month ramp-up. This isn't just a, the month of May. We're starting – we're really starting earnest. We're starting to get ready now for December 1. We're going to go all the way through May. We've got a children's book that's being written called The Spirit of Speedway. It's going to be an anti-bullying campaign book where Speedway – is the car is the is the hero in the in the story and of course the bigger teams the bigger cars they they pick on them, they make fun of them we can't say the the names penske and dreddy but it'd be those guys and speedway finds out through you know emotional intelligence speedway figures out how to get around that of course at the end of the book speedway wins the race so we're going to talk up with a, a literacy group in, in in indianapolis i can't say yet who we're hooking and i know who we're hooking up with a literacy group and we're going to go into the schools. We're going to donate the books to the schools, but we're also going to sell books. And we're going to take the proceeds of the book and donate it to a charity that our investor fans will get to pick. So we're going to do that. We're going to do some social events. We're going to have dinners. We're going to try to rally people together. We're going to have a VIP party the week of the race. And we're going to invite everybody to come, everybody that's either invested or also picked up on what we call the ultimate fan experience package. You can't quite – investment isn't quite in your budget. We still want to get you on the team, so we have the ultimate fan experience package. So all those people are going to – we, we want to do – want to make this the people's car because I've been a fan for so long and and on the other side of the fence looking in. And I've only been for a relatively short amount of time on the inside of the fence 
I know what fans want. They want access. And I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I, if I'm going on, just stop me. But 2015, we were all at the race, me and about six of my buddies. And it was Saturday, right? So Saturday's kind of sleepy in the garage area. Not much going on, right? And, we're, and all the garages are locked. There's nobody there. We found one of the Andretti doors just cracked open. <laughs> I looked at my boys. I opened the door. I said, come on, guys. We went in. Nobody in the garage. We took pictures. Now, we didn't do anything. We didn't touch anything. We didn't steal anything. But we took pictures. And we felt like kings of the hill. We were in the Andretti, amongst the Andretti Armada. We were there with our friends. I mean, it was fabulous. That's what fans want. Fans want access. And so that's what we want to give our fans. We want to give our fans access. We want to be part of the team. We want to take them behind the stanchion on the other side. And I think it's going to be great. So to answer your question, that was a long way around the barn. To answer your question, so far, it's been very well accepted, and I think it's going to build. Right on. Um, maybe you get. Maybe it was Rossi's garage, and you gave him some good luck. Who knows? Well, uh, actually, it was Carlos Munoz uh, in in fifteen. Oh, we were. Yeah. We, I mean, Marco was in there. Carlos Munoz was in there. Ryan Hunter Ray was in there. I forget the fourth car. Might have been. Uh, it might have been. Um, it might have been De Simone. I'm not sure who the fourth car was, but but I know I've got pictures standing next to Carlos Munoz's car. You know, and Carlos is a rock star. Six five hundreds. He's finished every lap and finished second twice. He, he's amazing. He, he's Carlos missed. I, I wish he was still racing at the Indy 500 for sure. I do too. Yeah. I reached out to him a few uh, about a month and a half ago. He'd love to go back. Love to go back. But he's got a problem. A lot of people have no funding. Wow. You know, and it's turned into that. If you don't have funding, you don't get a ride, unfortunately. So I guess I'll I'll talk about that then first. So with the driver that you've talking to a couple of drivers now, is is it the expectation yeah. that the driver that comes into your seat would need funding? No. Okay. No, we're try we're gonna try to do it all on them. Now if they do, you know, thank God. You know, we'll take the money. But um no, because you know, we're kinda late in the game as it is now anyway. And um no, we wanna we'll certainly take whatever they bring, but we're not requiring of them. Okay. No. So you said currently you're at fifty seven thousand raised, two hundred fifty is it hundred and fifty or two hundred and fifty? That's your minimum. Hundreds max. are minimum. And that's only a protection for the investors and the team. If we don't reach the 100 minimum, then all that money goes back to the investors. We don't even have access to it. It goes into an accrual account that's controlled by the investment company. Silicon Prairie Valley is our investment company. And this is all spelled out on the website. It's very clear. There's financial statements reviewed. There's a investor's deck there. So all this information is, is, is public knowledge. It's very open. And, and the investors are protected. So once we reach, reach 1,000, then we're then we're on our way to the next goal of two fifty, and we and we can start doing stuff with that money. Okay, and so you said two hundred fifty was ten percent of your overall budget, well, 10% of the budget, which yeah. would mean two point five million is the budget. So, no, 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 it'd be one point. Uh, um, oh, I did say ten percent. No, okay, so two hundred fifty thousand is uh, is is going to be um, uh, about. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. 
There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. I can't believe I said that. I think it's like 5%. We're, uh, the, our whole budget's like is 1.2 million. 1. Okay. 5. That's because, yeah, I was about to ask because if it was 2.5 million, that to me would say that you guys are probably going to do something beyond the 500 because we've yeah, heard and the and 500. We're, we're not right now. There's, there's no, uh, we're not, there's no expectation to do anything beyond the 500. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Because I was just going to clarify that just because we've, we've heard naturally over the years that the Indy 500 program is about a million to a million and a half. So yeah. I was just wondering if that extra million was going to like a future race or something like that. Um, well, I will say this, and again, there's no there's no plan for this, but we would love to be able to come back when the NASCAR boys are there and run the road course race. Oh, um, and you know, uh, I think you know, uh, with a good showing, it may open other doors, you know, for some additional funding. Okay, and you can do the road course race for a lot less than you can do the 500. So, okay, uh, so I, I think um, I think you'll find a lot of people are not rooting against you guys. I do think, however, though, going into a situation like this, especially with how you look at the IndyCar and the health of the series right now, we could be looking yeah. at an Indy 500 with 37 to 40 entries showing up for qualifying weekend. Yeah. What, and, you know, it's never good to be doom and gloom or think about the negatives, but what yeah, is but the situation, what's, what's the situation going to be like if the entry is bumped from the Indy 500? Um, well, it's happened before, right? Uh, there's no guarantees for the investors or for the sponsors. Everybody knows that that's a possibility. I mean, more recently, when you only had 33 cars or 32 cars, uh, I think 37, 38 is the number for sure. Uh, we, we will definitely have a technical alliance with a team. We're not going to try to do this on our own. Um, and I think, um, I think we'll make it. And I think with the driver that I think we're going to have, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to make it. And another question, not to, to hit too hard at you, but, you know, when they the announcement came out about the crowdfunding and this idea of the Spirit of Speedway entry for a team that has been an associate team for a couple of years, yeah. there's obviously the occasional Internet skepticism behind yeah. the entry or whatnot. So what would you yeah. say is going to be different about the 2022 effort uh, with kind of this crowdfunding idea that, to you gives you confidence and would maybe put some of those doubters yeah. kind of, you know, in the, in the rear view, well, you know, per se. 
Listen, I've been a pastor for 25 years. I've had my share of critics in my life. Trust me. Um, I would just say this. In 2016, I was told it was impossible to mount any kind of an entry into the 100th running of the Indy 500. And, uh, and, and we beat the odds. We did it. We, Sam had a number. This is what we had to raise. We went beyond that number. We raised more than what the number was. And uh, I'm just going to say that we've we've done it. We've done it before. Um, we're praying a lot. I mean, this listen. This is a huge mountain. No no question about it. This is a gigantic mountain to climb. I feel confident we can do it. I, I mean, like I said, I think a lot of people will be rooting for you guys, uh, me included, because you know I think anytime you get a fresh perspective from an owner coming into IndyCar. We've been very fortunate the last five or so years because there was a time there where we were losing owners and not replacing them. So I, I'm rooting for you guys. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, so I'll include in the bio here all the information about where to find the information and the financials that you were talking about as well. How, do, how did you guys come to the conclusion of crowdfunding? So obviously, I don't know how long this has been in the works. There was the pandemic last year, which has been obviously tough on a lot of people in different areas. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you guys are having pretty good success. So 57,000 and you guys have been doing this for two three, months, three, three months. Three portal's been open. I, I came up with this idea. Don't laugh now. <laughs> no. I came up with this idea in April. Okay. And and for about a month, we, until the 500, we just kind of floated. I talked to a lot of people. I, I said, what do you think? Is it possible? And we got enough positive response that we felt, you know, it, it was okay. What I didn't plan on was having to hire the, the legal and accounting force that we had to hire to get this thing operating because uh, this is a fully SEC regulated crowdfund. It's much different. You know, we're not just taking, you know, 100 bucks, put your name in a car, we keep the money. No, this is, this is a much different animal. And, and it took us a lot longer um, to get it up and running than I wanted to, a about two months longer. And that was because of my inexperience. I didn't know what I was talking about, right? So I'll, I'll just say that for the record. But um, now that we're, we're there, we're ready. Uh, donations have come in, coming in. Uh, it, it's encouraging. And, and people in the crowdfunding side of it said, you know, for you to come up with $57,000 from zero in three weeks is pretty good, pretty impressive. Three weeks? So, good Lord. That is a ton. Yeah. What, 20, what's that, like two, 3000 a day almost? That's insane. Oh, no, no, no. It, it's, well, I don't know. Maybe it is. Let me, let me go to my 57,000 divided, 57, divided by 21, 21 days. I mean, it's pretty healthy. Now, I, I will admit some folks have, have yeah, 2,700 a day. That's pretty good. That's very and, good. And they're, it's funny because they're coming in from parts of the country. People I don't even know. I've got an investor. I'm going to call him tomorrow just to say thank you. I've got an investor came in with a healthy sum of money. Lives in in uh, outside of Atlanta. Okay, I've never met him. I don't know who he is, and I and I I DM'd him on Twitter. I said, "How did you hear about this?" He said, "Oh, I saw it on a on a, on a Facebook page or something. I think it's a great idea. I'm excited. I can't wait to go to the race." So that's the kind of grassroots energy I think it's going to develop. And and as we get out there more, as we talk to more people about it, as we do shows like yours. I think the energy is just going to continue to build, and I, I'm excited about what's going to happen. That's awesome. So you had mentioned, and pre-episode as well, about yeah. drivers. You have a couple of driver meetings coming up, uh, a technical alliance that will definitely help kind of 
right the ship and whatnot going into May. So I know you can't talk about too much, but where are we at with kind of the driver and team situation? And when do you hope to have things finalized? I, I think we could have the driver actually secretly finalized by this week, this coming weekend. As I say, I'm going out there for a couple of days. And one of the things high on the list is the driver. Uh, I'd, I'd like to be able to have that secure, but I think, I don't know that we would do an early announcement on that. I think we would try to try to do the driver, the primary sponsor, the engine package, and the and the technical alliance all together at uh, at PRI. So that's I mean maybe we'll split it out. We'll do an announcement one day and announcement another day. We've already got um, folks that want to help us with booth space for a show car in the livery. So we're you know we're we're pretty excited about it. So. Yeah, and I guess so. Didn't even think about the engine. Would that just be contingent on the the technical alliance? So like, if you did go with not uh, really, Honda's pretty much full at this point. Our only hope, our only hope is a Chevrolet package. Okay, so Chevrolet. We're going to have to Chevrolet. Honda's full. And okay. So um, there's really not. Yeah, you know, and I'm fine either way. I mean, you know, Ed Carpenter figured out how to get around that place a long time ago with Chevrolets and do it well. Obviously, Penske gets around the place well. So you know, um, I, I don't think it's a problem either way. Okay. And along this way, you know, we on the podcast, we love Jay Fry. We think he's an excellent leader for IndyCar. What have, what have your interactions been like with Jay Fry? And has he been very, you know, we get a lot of feedback that he's very helpful with owners along the way. How, how has he been yeah. with you and your operation? I talked to Jay about three weeks ago, and it was a very good conversation. He Obviously, he wanted to know what was going on, and so I told him what was going on. And he said to me, uh, not quote, basically, he said, listen, uh, what you're doing is fine. Uh, we have no, we support what you're doing. You've been here before. We know who you are. And if we can help, give us a call. That, that was pretty much it. All right. So it sounds I like asked him, I asked him about, you know, car purchases and he directed me to a couple of teams that he thought would, would be open to uh, allowing us to buy the, the a gently used chassis. So, and so based on what I'm hearing in the interview, it sounds like this might be like a step one for you to, for greater things beyond 2022. Um, obviously Roger buying the series is, and the speedway is in a lot of people's minds, good for the sport. How, how have you been liking what Roger has done, not only to the speedway, but just kind of like to the, the overall trajectory of the series? Well, I'll say this, and this, this is no, by no means disrespecting the George family, but I will tell you the Holman family. Um, I don't think the track would have made it with anybody else other than Roger Penske during COVID. It was so devastating. I mean, we can only imagine how much money Roger lost his first year uh, with COVID. Um, but I, no one could do it better. He loves it. I mean, gosh, you know, Mark Donahue, 1972, his first win. I mean, he's been around forever. He's a fan. He loves the sport. I don't know we could have had a better person to buy it than Roger Penske. I really don't. All right. Got one more question. We're going to take it up to a little more lighthearted, fun racing question. <laughs> okay. uh, thanks for for answering all the questions here. We appreciate your time. No, thank uh, you for again. Yeah. You've, you've referenced some legendary names already, Mark Donahue being the most recent. So mm -hmm. let's say you could go back in time and enter a car into any of the Indy 500s. Who would you pick? You know, it could be dead, alive legend, rookie, whoever, who would you have entered in your one and only entry in the Indy 500? 
Wow, that's a great question. Um, probably Parnelli Jones. Really? Yeah. I think Parnelli was one of the best all-around drivers ever. I mean, he almost won the thing in a turbine car uh, other than his, his prior win. Um, yeah, I think Parnelli, uh, you know, I, I'm probably offending a lot of people by saying that, but I just think Parnelli is, um, I think Parnelli is one of the all-time greats, and, and I, I would love to have him uh, turning the wheel in that thing. I was sitting at a bar once uh, and Peacock for some reason was on the TV, even though it's mm. a streaming service. And they had yeah. this 30 minute documentary about Parnelli Jones going. And I was three, four beers deep. Uh, but I was sitting there just like mesmerized at like all the footage and all the, the people that were speaking about how great he was. And I, I don't think it's not a common answer we'll say, but I think that's one that people could appreciate because that, that's a guy that, that definitely knew what he was doing and was a legend of the speedway. I mean, there's so many great names. That, I mean, you know, I mean, Elio. I mean, how can you get better, right? Uh, uh, Dario Franchitti. I mean, there's just so many legendary people in the sport. A.J. Foyt, Mario Andre, you know, you could go on and on, but I just think for consistency's sake and the fact that he really performed well in a variety of disciplines, I think I think Parnelli's a tough, tough guy to beat. For sure. That's all I had. Uh, anything else for the the fans at home? Uh, we'll share, like I said, we'll share all your info on our social yeah, medias. Uh, Any I'll anything just say it, else? I love saying it. Speedtospeedway.com. You know, just, like, just go there. Uh, the investment side, all the information. There's two buttons. You can click for ownership or click for the ultimate fan experience. And uh, we've got a, a special now to Thanksgiving for that at two hundred and forty nine dollars. And maybe there'll be a Black Friday special. I don't know. We'll see. But no, it's it's really great, Matt. Thank you so much for this opportunity to help get the word out for us. And uh, like I said, I've been watching you and Mike for a long time. This is really a thrill to be with you. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks a bunch. And I hope we'll see you in May in Indianapolis. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you. Today's podcast was presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. If you're a podcaster, you can apply too immediately and get connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Go to podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O and let them know that we sent you there. Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report. Your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller along with different featured guests each week from dirt to asphalt. We have you covered. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.